Yo. Head up, think fast. You're about to feel the blast. It's the dopest podcast on the net. Oh, yeah. All us geeks, fresh your bet. We round the world, we round the net. So get ready and get set. Cause we make it look easy, no sweat. Jeff and Jordan, the host. Yeah, they be the best. From the north to the south, to the east, to the west. They cover movies, comics, TV shows, books. These guys gonna get you hooked. Don't stop now, just take a look. And don't forget to sign our Facebook. Cause what they doing is board games, video games. Yeah, they on it. They fly like a comet. Interviews is up. This podcast is pure. Give voice to your inner geek, that's for sure. Geek out any topic. No one ain't gonna ever, ever stop it. So if you wanna go and get it on, then head to allisgeeks.com. Oh, yeah. Welcome to episode 73 of All Us Geeks. I'm Jeff King. And I'm Jordan Steinhoff. And we're here to give voice to your inner geek. Wee, woo, wee. Hey, your inner geek is still trying to remember how to podcast. And we know how to podcast. We're just trying to remember <laughs> how to be quality. <laughs> uh, did we ever have that skill? Uh, uh, okay, we're trying to remember how to sound like we have quality. <laughs> yes. And uh we're we're past the point of no return. Jordan is fully taken over editing. <laughs> Which is good. We're getting caught up. Yes. So and 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 four in a row, right? Or just three, three in a row. Three in a row. See? Seventy, seventy See? no, seventy one, seventy two, and seventy three. Yeah, three in a row. Yeah. There you go. That's a pattern. And you only had to adjust your on-call schedule to make it happen. <laughs> eh, not the only reason, but. Uh, which yeah, is probably kind of good because there's a bunch of mainframe stuff going on. There's been a lot of phone. Actually, the sad part is I'm the person they've been calling for those anyway because the two people that have been on call don't know the mainframe. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, let's see. What do we got? Yes, we are back with another episode and, and we have a sponsored shout out. Oh, tell me more. Hey, hey, how about that? And I'm going to read our sponsored shout out. And if this doesn't intrigue you to at least go over and check out the Kickstarter, I don't know what will. (laughs) Well, you've got to do it in the style of the game. (laughs) I'm not doing that. (laughs) So our sponsored shout-out is from Yukon Salon, a fast, funny card game of lumberjack beards and grizzly bear hairdos for two to four players of all ages on Kickstarter now. And you can go to yukonsalon.com, and that'll take you right over to the Kickstarter page. And I believe it's going on until February 24th. It launched today as of our recording, and it'll go through February 24th. So go check out Yukon Salon. They also did a website ad, which was nice of them as well. So you might see us tweet and share on social media uh, about it off and on throughout the campaign. So the only other thing I really had for our general side of things before we get to a game review is, of course, by the time this comes out, it'll be over. But I'll be at Protospiel, Minnesota this weekend. Uh, I'm one of the hosts. You were at Protospiel, Minnesota yes, this weekend. I was. 
Uh, I'm one of the hosts with Matt Warden from Matt Warden Games, and I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good time, including the fact that we have Hasbro Game Lab coming on Sunday. So that was a, a nice thing. Happy that they could come out at least for a day and check out games that people are working on. So that's going to be a lot of fun. So next time we record, I should probably, I'll have to actually pare down what I played if I include everything I played at Protospiel. I have to get down to five. You're a TO. You're not supposed to be, or an EO, I should say. You're not supposed to be playing. You're supposed to be making sure everybody has a good time. Including today, actually a little before you got here, I finally put Prison Life, the game I've been working on, into the prototype stuff. Nice. Because people have been asking me if I was going to bring it. I've I've been meaning to bring it. I haven't been able to really work on it much. But I'm at least going to bring it because there's some people that haven't played it that want to play it. So I will be running at least a couple sessions of that there. But you're right. I mean, I spend a lot of time behind the desk. Of course, this year, Megan wasn't able to make it last year. She's going to make it this year. So she's going to help some in the mornings and suffer on the reg desk. So that'll be good, too. And that's about all I get. Anything? I got Generally, general. you know, that's, nah. that's, then we want to go on to game review, huh? Let's try it. <laughs> Game review. Tonight we are going to be talking about Orphan Black, the card game put out by IDW Games. Of course, Orphan Black is a licensed IP from, we're talking about the show, if you watch it, from BBC. Is it BBC America? BBC America, but, uh, the clones and all the wonderful things, and we've talked about and it. And I think Can West show. Global for the Canadian content. Oh. <laughs> <clears throat> so uh, we've talked about this show <laughs> off and on. We've watched it. I haven't watched the last season, but you know what? We're going to talk about the game. <laughs> so this is the Orphan Black card game. What you do for your turn on uh, for Orphan Black is you play one character card face up and utilize its power, which is optional. You can play an influence card face down beside a, well, I, I think, yeah, you got to do these in order. I, I, th- this is actually where it's not choose or do in the order you want. These have to be done in this specific order. So you can play the one character card face up if you want to use its power. You can play an influence card face down next to a clone and then use the clone's ability or power. And then you, you can resolve and score any clone that already has six influence cards next to it. So when you put a card next to it, you know, I, I said play an influence card, but it, it can be you'll you'll play those face down because but it can be any card in your hand. So it can be like if you didn't play a character that first step, you can use a character face down as an influence card. Any type of card you have in your hand, you can put it face down and make it an influence card. So you once a clone has six in front of them and you get to this third step you can resolve and score that clone. You can resolve and, and score that clone, basically. Yes, that's it. <laughs> uh, it will score, just yes. whether or not it's scoring for you. Yeah, it's not optional. <laughs> uh, and then step four is to make an ac- accusation, which is an optional step. So if uh, basically all the players are part of a faction, and that is hidden information, so you have tokens that you can put in front of uh, different players and say, I think you're with this faction. So you you do that if you want to make an accusation. And then at towards the end, you actually the la- one of the last things you do is you draw your influence cards back up to a hand size of three. Yes, that's right, three. You got a big old hand of three cards. 
<laughs> so, you know, th- those are the steps when you're playing. The kind of setup is going to be that there's three different factions that are going to be on the table. And part of setup is you're going to pull as many clones as there are players. So you'll turn the, the card face up. You'll put it with the its starting faction. So depending on the number of players, some factions are going to have more cards than others, uh, more clones than others. And then you're going to, I believe it's, you look at, is it three cards? Mm-hmm. Or do you just look at two? Now I'm trying to remember that piece. I want to say it's like three cards. You put one face down, one face up, and discard one, or is it just the two? Actually, oh, no, for the initial setup, it's just the two. It's one right. face down and one face up. And I think through play it is, though, too, maybe. Yeah, because the only time there's a third card is if you're playing uh, right. a character at the start. All right, so when you put your clone on its starting faction, you draw two cards off the deck. You're going to put one face up on one side, one face down on the other side for start. And then when you play your cards, they're all going to go face down, all your influence cards, but you pick which side you want to put them on. Mm-hmm. So basically what you're trying to do is, like I said, your faction is hidden. Your object is, and you're going to have like, not only do you have a card that tells you what your faction is, but there are multiple cards in that faction, and it's going to tell you which clones give you bonus points if you score them to your faction. And scoring them to your faction is basically getting them to move to your faction. So what happens is when you go to score the clone, you'll take the six plus, what, however many there are, because the reason you're going to potentially get more than six cards is a clone's ability could move cards, stuff like that. So you might have more than six cards on a clone. But once you hit that six threshold in that, like I said, step three of the process, because you have to do all that in order, You'll flip all the cards face up. Some will be face up, some will be face down, again, because of clone abilities and stuff. You flip all of those up, and then you basically tally the different sides, and then you look at the difference between the two sides, and every clone has kind of like a a threshold point. If the difference is equal to or exceeds, I believe, Mm -hmm. then the clone will move to the faction that was greater if it's under it stays at the faction it's at and it scores to whatever faction it goes to yep. so you basically turn it upside down and put it underneath that faction card and then you'll draw a new clone end game is when all clones are out and all clones score so that is a real quick gist of how you basically play that game um mm-hmm. anything you want to add to that beginning kind of not play? for that part no okay so then we can go ahead and get into components. Oh, components, you say? Components. Oh, wait a minute. You know what I didn't do? Who's sponsoring this? Oh, dude. Who is sponsoring this? <laughs> well, uh, the proper, this is uh, actually uh, okay, because it's somebody that told us they weren't going to be here tonight. <laughs> oh, well, he has no name then. <laughs> so Nate is sponsoring the game review this evening. See, we are rusty. Leave us alone. <laughs> so uh, Nate is sponsoring us over on Patreon. Uh, so thank you very much, Nate. And, of course, now we're going to move on to components for Orphan Black, the card game. It, it, some of the components are right there in the title. <laughs> <laughs> it is mostly cards. It is a card game. <laughs> yes. It is uh, all cards. There's nothing else. <laughs> well, it comes with a scoreboard. Yeah. comes with some faction tokens. No, uh, I, I deny the existence of all that. It says the Orphan Black card Six-player score tokens. Nope. It's got it the score the Orphan tokens, Black so you... card and 
Doesn't say orphan black card score end of the component game. Score tokens that you use on the scoreboard. Orphan black See? card game. It has the player mats. Fine. <laughs> if you're going to be, it has know, the faction cards. Accurate about. It those. has goal cards, which that's the one that tells you what faction you secretly are and which clones you're trying to get to your faction for bonus points. And then it has the clones themselves, and it has the influence cards uh, that you get to play. And so those are the components. Sir, what did you think of the components? They're pretty good. The pictures on the cards for characters are nice and clear. You know, sometimes you don't necessarily get the highest quality screen res <laughs> in some of these games. Cards themselves are pretty good quality. They're not too thin, not too thick. Mm-hmm. Might might do sleeving if you play this game a lot because they seemed a little on the thin side. Not floppy, but maybe e- easily susceptible to a ding or a... You know, chipping when you shuffle. Cardboard involved is pretty good. Nothing, there's nothing bad about the componentry. Yeah, the components are are pretty solid and they're what you expect. And again, like you said, they, one, they're using actual likenesses from the show, not like characters or something mm-hmm. like that. It, so it's, it's good quality art. Uh, and like you said, they got good res for it. <laughs> it wasn't like, is that, who's that supposed to who's be? Who's that? <laughs> How many blondes were on the show? <laughs> so they they did a good job with with that definitely. The faction cards are just symbols, but that and and the name of the faction, but that's fine. I mean that th- they serve their purpose. They're they're nice and big. You know you know which clones are under which faction, all that kind of stuff. Your tokens for telling accusing other people. They're you know they're marked as yours, so you don't get because you actually put them in front of the player. Yes. In certain spots, because if like you're the first to accuse that person and you're right, you get more points than the next people down the line, that kind of thing. So they're easy to tell like who they belong to and who you're accusing somebody of being, you know, that of which faction they're a part of, all that kind of stuff. So all of that stuff works really well. The components definitely did a good job. Mechanics. What did you think of the overall mechanics? Again, this is kind of, kind of, you know, the clone manipulation and trying to get them to move mixed with the hidden identity kind of stuff, secret it's, agenda. It's kind of a bidding game mixed with mm-hmm. a bit of deduction. Yep. And got to say, I haven't played a lot of that combo before, so it was kind of a refreshing mix of of mechanics for me. But I, I think everything works well. Your Hidden knowledge is how you're trying to move people around, and you have up to six cards to do that mm-hmm. as everybody's trying to manipulate people. And then, of course, if you pay much more attention than I do, you're <laughs> also watching where people score and how people are either happy or disappointed by that to <laughs> suss out the hidden knowledge about what faction that is so you can make your accusation. The two mechanics... Yeah. I was just going to say, there's also the... You know, like we talked about when we were playing is there's that, there's that potential even for your clones not even to be on the table yet. Yep. So, you know, are you doing this because this is what, you know, this is what your card is telling you to do or are you just trying to, I mean, in, in the grand scheme of things, I thought about it a little bit. I mean, it's never bad to get any clones to your faction. But if they're not your bonus ones, who knows what you might do, especially if you're trying to throw somebody off a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, there's definitely an easy deceit factor here. 
because for a while none of my clones were on the board, but <laughs> I felt it would have been a bigger tell for me to not participate at all <laughs> than it would be for me to do something, even if it... But playing an influence card isn't optional. Yes. <laughs> so you uh, have to play one. But, but yeah, it was a choice of, you know, do I just throw down a bunch of characters face down because mm-hmm. I am not invested, or especially in the first round when I didn't know if there were any numbers bigger than two or three drop what I thought might be a big number for a waste, uh, you know. So, but the card laying mechanics, you know, how you want to move the, the total not or how you want to try to manipulate the total number that comes up when the reveal happens and then the the hidden knowledge. I think they both work okay. Yeah. Uh, and then there's also, I guess we should I mean, we don't have to go into details about what the different clones do, but there's the fact that when you lay the card, you get the clone ability and there's things like you know, mixing, you know, moving cards or look, revealing cards, looking at cards or showing another player the card. The, all and those. then characters themselves. If you play right. them face up, they also do things. They let you steal cards. Yeah. They go to somebody else's. It's a trade, essentially, the, you know, stuff like that. Play your next card face up so people know what you're doing. Reveal some of that knowledge. There's, yeah, I, I guess I forgot about that because I didn't really feel a lot of those characters impacted the game beyond an amusement of having a delphine every turn (laughs) yeah but i mean it's one of those things like like you were talking about if you try to kind of stay aware Mm -hmm. of what everybody's doing if somebody triggers a clone that lets them look at a card and they look over at a certain card yeah and then their next turn they play a character that lets them move or they play on a different clone or they play the opposite side and they go for that yeah yeah that that kind or yeah or play the opposite side they look or if they get like the switch kind of mm-hmm. thing and you, you see they're going for that kind of card. All of those little things can kind of give you some, some tell. So it was interesting in that aspect, I think. So I think overall, I agree with you. The mechanics for the orphan black card game, they're solid and they work well for what they're there for. The game runs really smooth once you get used to it. Again, it's everything's done in a, a very specific order and you, you go ahead and, and do that stuff. I there I don't know what it was, but I felt like I was missing a little bit some of something. I I think Well part of that was revealed after the fact when we discovered we misdealt the factions. Well because well, I was right. confused for about half the game, once I, I thought I had two out of three people figured out, and then their actions started making no sense. <laughs> right, right. But, th- yeah, that that was something completely different, and, yeah, we figured that out. I'm just talking about in general in the actual, not necessarily the mechanics. This is maybe more of my overall, so I'll, I'll wait on it. Save it. Yeah. The, me- the mechanics were good. They were solid, and they did what they needed to do as they were put out. So, Rules. Rule, the rule book for, uh, Orphan Black, the card game is, is good. I mean, again, we, it, it's got some examples in here. It's got some good setup stuff. Your turn order is very specific. It has the only, okay. One of, one of, it's a, it's the minorest gripe ever, probably, but it has an a, a appendix of the clone abilities, which is just a, the cards, which is fine, except for there's one rule, you know, it's, it's not an explanation of the cards. It's just to reread them so you don't have to pick them up off the table. Yep. But there's only one of them. So this could have almost been like a reference sheet that could have been passed around easier. 
if, if you got like one person trying to maintain the rules or whatever. Again, that's such a minor thing, but it has all the clones in here that you can kind of take a look at and see what they are instead of like picking them up off the table or something like that or bending over the table and trying to read them, all that kind of stuff. But again, it, it, it includes that, which is nice. I mean, it is nice to have. I just would have, like I said, rather seen it maybe in a few reference sheets. And the the turn order is, I mean, they give you the very basics of this is your turn order, and then they go into detail of each each thing on the turn. So it tells you, you know, exactly what you're going to do. So I think it was laid out nice and worked pretty well. What did you think? Yeah, as a document, I think it's pretty good. When we had to look stuff up, which didn't happen all that often, Mm -mm. everything was easily found. And everything was easily resolved. Our questions were answered. Didn't at any point go, when well, we need to go to BGG for this or anything like that. Everything, yeah, not this game. Not- yeah. okay. <laughs> everything that we needed, if we needed it, was in that book. So I think it's well laid out and provides all the info you need clearly and concisely, which we can't always say. That's true. So good job on the rules. <laughs> all right. Teachability. What did you think, teachability-wise, for Orphan Black, the card game? For Orphan Black, the card (laughs) game. The teachability is high. You didn't really have the book open. You were referencing a few parts here and there, and you were kind of reading verbatim a little bit. But for the most part, uh, you got the game out to us without needing to just do a verbal dump of what was on the page. The mechanics in each section are fairly straightforward. You play a card now or you don't. You play two cards now, that is all, mm-hmm. and maybe you make an accusation at some point and then redraw. So there's not a whole lot in any individual section to make you have to, you know, grind your brain on what 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 am I supposed to be doing here? So I think the teachability is pretty good. It was a, it's a very good book that leads to a very good teaching experience. Yeah, yeah, and like I said earlier, I mean, you get that that core order. Once you've got that, you're pretty good. Um, and then off of that, everything is either, well, is on cards. It's, you know, what is the clone's ability? It's right there. What is the character that you have that you might want to play? It has it, has that text there. And I don't remember anybody at the table because we got to play this with Megan and Sarah as well. I don't remember anybody at the table grabbing a card and saying, what does this mean? No, all the, all the variable powers whether it's the clones or the characters everything's very well laid out the only the only question we had was who was it donnie the one that lets you look at a card and then reveal a card or something like that Mm -hmm. or show a player and i just kept showing people a card that was already face up yes (laughs) that's the only thing that i think isn't well defined because that irritated megan the first time (laughs) i did it so i just kept doing it (laughs) But other than that, everything is well-defined and easily picked up. All right. So now we go on to replayability of Orphan Black, the card game. What do you think of the replayability on this one? There is the potential for replayability here. The variable powers of the characters and the randomness of how you draw those. The variable powers of the clones and how those go out what clones you're trying to move around from faction to faction. And, of course, the deductive side is probably going to be different every game. So there's a lot of potential, especially if you 
very, very much like the Orphan Black franchise. I think the replayability is lower if you're not keen on Orphan Black because, well, I'll say that. <laughs> Potential replayability, high. Actual replayability, not so high for me. I um, I think I agree with you more than I thought I would um, <laughs> right there just because you mentioned it, like if you if you're a real big fan of the Orphan Black universe then yeah you're you're going to be fine with maybe playing this some more <clears throat> i think replayability is a little lower i i think it's going to be kind of low if you play with the same people all the time mm. because i just again getting back to kind of what i said and it'll probably come into my overall but there's just a little something there missing for me to make this something I want to bring to the table all the time. So I just can't, I'll play it. I don't, you know, it's, but the replayability is potentially a little low there, especially if, you know, it's the four of us getting together all the time. I don't think we want to bring this out every time we play kind of thing. If you do convention circuits or something like that, or game days where you can mix and match people, the replayability is a little bit higher, I think, because you're going to get different personalities and stuff to the table. Like you said, the whole accusation thing and trying to figure out who who people are, if that's your kind of thing. And if you like those sort of games and you can get a mix of people, then you're going to have some more replayability out of this. That's my overall, I guess, for that one, mm-hmm. the replayability. <clears throat> so theme for Orphan Black, the card game. How do you think they, how do you think they did in implementing the theme? Pretty well. If your baseline is the end of season three, <laughs> cause you've got the various factions. The players don't know whose faction is who. You're trying to guess that. That's TV accurate. You don't know what clones you're going to get. And then once you get those clones, you don't even know if they're going to come out. I mean, on the initial draw, you don't have a game plan until you get that your, your clone cards. Mm-hmm. So once those comes out, you still have to see if your clones come out. So like we mentioned, you're taking actions knowing that they don't really impact you. So you're really just trying to maybe spoil somebody else. And normally, I'm, I'm okay with being a dick. You know, <laughs> you're just dicking around with somebody if your clones aren't on the table. All the pictures are very well done and it's not, it's not just the clones they've got. Delphine, they've got Donnie, they've got other characters in there, they got Matt Frewer. So, and even the box is a black box with various pictures of Tatiana Mislani all over it. So if, if you're looking for a box that says Orphan Black with a game inside <laughs> that has a bunch of pictures of those TV characters, the theme is high, both in terms of visually and I think the first three seasons, the kind of the mystery and the deceit that was going on. Okay. Here's my question for you, though. I mean, even saying it's up to potentially season three uh, accurate, was there is there ever really a time in the show, I mean, maybe Kasima, but where we question if the clones are all working together or if they're all different factions other and Helena. No, but they, their drama came from the exterior, from the external events was soccer mom going to get busted for drugs. Mm -hmm. Was Helena really 
you know, because she goes all the way out to the the desert with the casters mm-hmm. for a while. So is she crazy? But is she? Well, she's crazy. But is she good crazy or bad crazy? <laughs> you know. And Cosima is is uh, Delphine going to sway her or not? You know. And and even Matt Fruge's character for a while there too. Yeah. So their faction's allegiances, no, because they were always together. But their drama came from the external groups, and that is not necessarily captured here. That that is not necessarily captured here, but the basics of the overall conspiracy about the clonings, I think, is done ish here. Yeah, yeah. I, don't know, I think maybe that's part of what I I just didn't like the the faction tug of war kind of thing, mm-hmm. and so I don't. I mean, again, yeah, the the images and everything are solid. I just don't think, and, and the mechanics are solid. I just don't think it for me worked well with this theme. This isn't this isn't the orphan black game I would probably like to see. It's three quarters there. If there had been one more thing That's it. There's just yeah, just it, a it, little something. It, I I don't know if something was missing or if something just needed to be different. Kind of skipping ahead a little bit there. <laughs> yeah, I mean we might as well go into All it. Alright. So you know it's it the theme Works fairly well for you. There's a little bit of a miss in the theme for me, but there are pieces there that are good to go. So now we'll just go into fun factor slash overall for Orphan Black, the card game, which we've kind of been hinting at anyway throughout. So again, for me, it ended up being a slight miss. I mean, it's not a bad game. Like I said, the mechanics and everything are solid. The artwork and everything that they used is good. I was just missing a little something, a little more, little one or two things more to do in the game because to me try I mean you didn't get a lot of of power at I don't know if it's at a time or what to to move the the clones around it was you know it, it wasn't like the clones were going to potentially make a, a, a all the way around they weren't the going to make a trip or a, yeah, yeah exactly they weren't going to you were either you were moving them one time kind of thing maybe well, maybe Depending right, on right, value. right. You you had the potential to move them one time, and it was that left. So to me, that and I I think this is part of it. It almost feels rock paper scissors, even though you're not quite doing rock. Oh, very paper, much scissors. so. I was going to say that. Yeah, it's because it, it, we all know our love of rock paper scissors. Because you don't necessarily know what other people are doing unless you have a a reveal or a search. But at the same time, it, it, it feels like. Sometimes the the other players don't really matter mm-hmm. because you're going to throw down all your cards uh, whether or not because you're either going to be conservative and try to draw it out so people don't quite suss that you're trying to move somebody from Neolution to Black or you're going to be like bam three, bam three, bam three, bam three and try to get six cards on that right away. To, to lock it down and move it, thus kind of giving your hand away. You, 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 you're probably Neolution because you worked <laughs> really hard to get this person over to Neolution. But for me, it was, I think, a, for me, it was a bigger miss than it was for you, I think. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's not a bad game. From A to Z, they decided to do this Orphan Black IP game they came up with some mechanics. They put those mechanics together. The individual mechanics work, and the mechanics as a whole work. And they put out a rule book 
that lets you play the game as designed. So you can't fault them for that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't like it. And I, like we've kind of been saying, I don't know why. I don't know what is missing or what should have been different. I didn't like it, and I don't want to play it again. Yeah, it's, like I said, there's definitely just something. I don't know what it is. There's just one or two more things, more options, more something, more meat. It, it, again, because it felt rock, paper, scissors to me, and I, you know, we, we know I don't like rock, paper, scissors. Mm-hmm. And to me, and, and this, I'm not judging this on this. It's just since we've played this game, I, I thought about it some more. The Orphan Black game I would like to see is a co-op where we all, the, the, the characters we pick are the clones. So you're going to have a mix and match of the clones and you're, you're working against, you know, uh, what I would like to see is what's his name that, and not to take away anything from the people that made this game, but if this had been Jay and Sen, sorry guys, <laughs> Orphan Black Pathfinder Edition. Oh, there you go. That would have been good. That would have been perfect. That'd have been good too. Yeah, and and again, these are things I thought of after this isn't this didn't affect what I thought of the game because I didn't think about that stuff till way after. But I just knew. While we were playing it, when we were done playing it and leading up to this, that this just wasn't the Orphan Black card or the Orphan Black game that I didn't know I wanted <laughs> kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't like I went into the world saying I need an Orphan Black game. I, I enjoy the, the franchise and stuff and I like the show, but yeah, that's right. You know, it's, yeah. I like the show. Well, the last scenes kind of sucked ass, but, <laughs> uh, I like the show for the most part. And so. I'm not always against TV show IP games. I mean, I love BSG. So I went in, strangely enough, positive. <laughs> I went in eyes open and hopeful. And they were crushed. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think that and we'll just leave it at that. So overall, just doing the quick rundown. Again, we're looking at Orphan Black, the card game. Components are solid. Mechanics are solid. They do a really good job. Uh, the rules... Are, are good. The teachability is there. Replayability depends on your love of, of this, uh, of the IP and maybe your love of hidden identity and trying to figure who people are. If you can get different people to the table. Otherwise, personally, I feel it's kind of a low replayability. Jordan was kind of low to mid, I think, on replayability if you weren't into the franchise. And then theme. Jordan thinks they hit it better than I did a little bit, but it's still, you know, it's, it's middle of the road, I think, mm-hmm. right? Accurate. But then our overall is it wasn't the game for either of us. No. It, it either needed more or needed to be a different game for the IP. All right. So there you go. There's our game review for Orphan Black, the card game. <laughs> What we're watching, sponsored by Torin. Thank you, Torin, for Torin for sponsoring us over on Patreon and allowing us to talk about things that we veg out in front of tablets or TV. <laughs> I think I only put three things on my list for this time around. Well, I only have two, so <laughs> at least between us, we got five. So, is it higher or lower going first? <laughs> You can go first. All right. It's going to be quick anyway. Uh, you know, we're still watching the Goldbergs. In fact, we were watching it just before you came over. So we're still going through that. Again, enjoyable comedy. We, we think just the right amount of nod to eighties without being way over. 
you know, like say the Ready Player One book. Oh yeah, that Armada was worse. <laughs> I I I wasn't going to attempt to read it after Ready Player One. It. All right, and then the one hundred is season three is the last season they had on Netflix. So I've been wa- I power watched through all of season three. Interesting. I, I can't remember if season four or season five is their last season. I know their last season they, they got announced their last season. I just don't remember what it is as far as Netflix. But if it's past season four, it'd be interesting because every they try to you know ramp up what the problem is every season, and I'm not sure. And they so they end the season with this is going to be the problem. Not sure what you can do after this next after season four to ramp up. Much more. <laughs> There's always thermonuclear war. Like I said, I don't know if you can ramp up more <laughs> after this next season. And then I started, I, I, I'm i more than halfway through Voltron season two. So I started watching that on Netflix as well. I'm, I'm kind of in and out. I, I, you know, I enjoy it for the most part, but they still do some really silly crap, which is, you know, partially in it an anime kind of thing anyway or whatever. But every once in a while, I don't know, it's, you know, I'm clearly a lot older than when I originally watched Voltron. So yeah. every once in a while, those, those kind of things start to annoy me. Yeah, it didn't translate well for me from, <laughs> I don't know, 12 years old to 45 years old. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I enjoy parts of it. Like when they're serious about the, the storyline, uh, I think it's a good story. But when they do some of the silly things, it's just like, oh, okay, I'm done. It's your turn. Those are my three. I did give up on Voltron season two, uh, <laughs> as you may have guessed. A lot of TV, no. A lot of movies, no. Blind Spot, the second half of the season has started, so we've watched a couple episodes of that. We gave up. I well, at least I gave up on it. I don't know if Megan's still attempting. I don't know. It's not stellar, but I like what's her name. So the the tech check, the, the oh, Chloe of the app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked her, but the show and like. She's not on enough, and she doesn't. They can't carry the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, she's definitely not built up to be the the lead for right. when what's his name leaves, and a bit of blackish. And went to see Bye Bye Man over the weekend, and it was uh, much better than I was expecting. I had a fairly low bar, so it's <laughs> not hard to achieve. But it was it was cool because it wasn't just the big. Ba- it wasn't like it follows. Mm-hmm. The implacable thing that has no origin. It gives a very well-defined origin that also makes sense and appeals to me. It's the bye-bye man is essentially an idea. Mm-hmm. That's all. You can't get rid of it. You can't kill an idea. You can repress it. You can try to make it go away. You can try <laughs> to hide it. But eventually, ideas come back. Stupid idea. I know. <laughs> so it was, it was different than I thought it was going to be. And as such, I liked it more than I thought I would. What we're reading slash listening to, sponsored by Don Lloyd. Thanks, Don, for sponsoring us over on Patreon and letting us talk about the things we're reading, or in my case, what I'm not reading because I have zero. Go. Well, I have one thing. (laughs) Ha ha. Unless you count emails and and Facebook messages for questions about Protospiel this weekend. I read a lot of that. I finished London Falling that I mentioned last app. Overall, it turned out better than I thought. Definitely going to check out the next book in the series. Well, I hope it's a series. <laughs> but mainly on my commutes, I've been podcasting. So, well, listening to podcasts. <laughs> wow. And here I am on 90 Jordan, again, Jordan passing on the nothing. Road. 
Oh, look. Gone rogue, De- huh? Dexter. Gone solo? Again. <laughs> Thank God I finally got rid of that Jeff guy. Now you can hear the real truth. <laughs> and that's pod- podcasting with all us geeks when things got real. <laughs> yeah, that's it, really. Just one book and a lot of podcasts that I'm not going to need. What we're playing! <laughs> Sponsored by Matt Warden. Which I think is kind of appropriate since we're going to be at Protospiel playing a bunch of games this weekend. So, Matt, thank you for sponsoring us over on Patreon. And to tell you some of the things we got to play, uh, tabletop and video. Got in some Star Trek Attack Wing. Still like that game, even though it's kind of crap right now in terms of (laughs) everything. Got in my first game of Star Trek Ascendancy from GF9. Really, really liked it. I definitely want to get that to the table again. That is a really, really fun kind of Star Trek 4X game. Of course, Pathfinder. Blood Bowl. Got in a one game of Ticket to Ride, Rails and Sails. Mm. I liked it. I liked it. And, of course, Star Wars Destiny. I'm really liking that right now. Okay. And if you're listening, I'm going to go, but you guys can also share what you're playing. Usually we, uh, we, we check out what people are watching and reading and and playing and put that into the episode. So while I'm talking, get that list to Jordan. Uh, let's see. I, we played a lot of Harry Potter Ho- Hogwarts battle. Uh, we went through all seven games, Megan and I, and now she wants to get Jordan and Sarah to come over to play it four players <laughs> and see if we can get through all seven games. Not in one night, right? I, I'm not, we did it in two. So I told you plan a day. We'll, we'll do meals, whatever. <laughs> And then basically the other three things I have on my list are digital or video games. So we played over, we've been playing a lot of Overcooked. This is Megan's video game version of Pandemic the Cure. <laughs> so there are many nights I've said, no, there will not be one more. I'm going to bed. <laughs> it's also one of those games where you enjoy it or you realize every curse word you know, because it gets frustrating. And I don't know if you've checked out Overcooked. Somebody mentioned it on. Facebook when I was talking about games we could play together and it happened to be like the next week it went on sale. So it's just this little, it's a chef game. It's you play little chefs and you got ingredients. You got to chop them up, get them in the fire, get, get the orders right. Is it you know, tablet or Xbox? No, it's Xbox. Okay. Um, it might, I don't know if it's tablet too, but it's, it's on Xbox one. You know, it's, it's just a little co- and it's, it's a lot of fun. You can play up to four players in co-op, you know, so, it, but we play it too, you know, Megan and I. But there are some of those boards that are just frustrating as shit. And I just, like, I, I've told her several times, you know, I'm done for the night. I shouldn't be this pissed. I'm done. <laughs> so I got to take a break every once in a while. Uh, but she would play it nonstop if she could. Shop Heroes, still playing that, still playing a lot of that. So that is my go-to tablet game right now. And I'm in a city with other people and do raids and all that stuff. So that's my fun, my little fun deal. And I'm still playing when... Either usually like before Megan gets home, if I get some time or after she's in bed, because if she's around, then it's overcooked. <laughs> I'm still playing Watch Dogs too. <laughs> there you go. So those are mine. <laughs> Nate has been playing, and this seems like a very targeted game, prototypes, prototypes, prototypes. <laughs> uh, also, Orcs Must Die and uh, Unchained. Orcs Must Die Unchained. Okay. I wasn't sure no. if he was lacking a comma there or not. Uh, and Saad responded, he just finished Westworld. He needs to rewatch that. He played Yarl recently. Lots of Netrunner and Diablo 2. 
Excellent. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. Uh, I think that's going to wrap episode 73 for us. So thanks for those people that were able to come out and hang out with us on Mixler. And, of course, uh, if you would like to join us on Mixler every other Tuesday, 6 p.m., you can go to the allusgeeks.com website, and there's a link up towards the top. Or you can go over to Mixler, which is on mixlr.com, and then it's slash all-us-geeks. I can hate that they put the dashes in there, but instead of running it all together. But All right, so thank you very much, everyone, for joining us. I'm Jeff King. And I remain the Canadian. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thank you for checking out a United Geeks Network family member. If you enjoyed it and are looking for other online media with a geek culture slant, head over to unitedgeeksnetwork.com where you will find Indie Conquest, a blog helping indie board game designers succeed, providing useful resources from designing games, utilizing Kickstarter, and finally manufacturing and distributing your games. The United Geeks Network. You can broadcast your geekiness at unitedgeeksnetwork.com.